0: Hello, and welcome to Tabs Not Spaces. It's Wednesday, September 2nd, and this is what you need to know today. Fedora 33 is still a few weeks away from release, but it looks as though the major change it's bringing has finally hit home. Last week a blog post from the project confirming the switch to ButterFS as the default file system for new desktop installs saw a lot of social media pickup, And now that the dust has settled, it's well worth having a read through what the distro's users had to say. But let's not get ahead of ourselves back in the day, you knew where you stood with Fedora. Many releases started as a hot mess, but we all accepted this was simply the way things had to be to help new technologies mature before they were pushed up to the Red Hat mothership. Then the pace of innovation slowed, and eventually Fedora started landing updates that were actually pretty solid, if a little dull. Which brings us back to the current day, and the upcoming release featuring ButterFS for the desktop. Oddly, some users seem to think this is happening to pave the way for Butter to appear in RHEL, but it already has until it was dumped a few cycles ago. And Red Hat hasn't shown any interest in revisiting that decision, but continues to focus on its Stratus storage management technology as a way forward. Although today's ButterFS isn't exactly the same file system that happily chomped its way through users' data in the past, bad memories persist and bad reputations stick. So while Fedora devs continue to gush about the supposed benefits that the change will bring, comments from actual users paint a far more mixed picture. How it will all work out when the new version finally launches is anybody's guess. But at least nobody is going to accuse Fedora of being boring anymore, which you can't help thinking might be the whole point of the exercise. AMD quietly slipped out a budget graphics card for the rest of us ahead of yesterday's big unveil of its new GPU technology. The entry-level Radeon RX 5300 is optimized for 1080p gaming and is claimed to easily outperform NVIDIA's GeForce GTX 1650. While the unit is expected to be priced at around $130, the only question is whether it will become available on the retail market or be kept solely for use by OEM customers. Amazon has announced the general availability of its Bottle Rocket Linux distribution for running containerized workloads. The company stressed the open-source nature of the project and hopes to build a community outside of Amazon to help push its development forward. The Linux Foundation has announced that it intends to found a new body to help banks insurers and others profit from fears about global climate change. The organization is building a platform that will draw together climate data and economic models along with analytic tools to help its users maximize their green investment opportunities. If you're wondering what on earth any of this has to do with championing open source software, then you're certainly not alone. Back in the real world, the first version of Thunderbird that enables its newly integrated OpenPGP support by default has been released. Sadly there's still no automatic upgrade path for users of version 68 of the app, but one is being promised for a future release. Meanwhile the Blender project has also pushed out a new version, which as usual is bursting with too many features to list here. So check out the show notes for more details. The latest monthly update from the Linux Mint project brought a couple of surprises. The team announced that its Warpinator network transfer tool has now been packaged as a flat pack, and is available for use on other Linux distributions. Mint is also in the process of following the path pioneered by Peppermint OS and later Ubuntu, and is working on adding support to allow websites to be launched and managed like desktop applications. The Tor project has introduced a new sponsorship initiative. With its US government funding still in doubt, the project is making it easier for nonprofits and private sector companies to contribute and to get recognized for having done so through a tiered membership program. And finally today, The next community edition of the Pine phone will be shipping with Manjaro. When orders open in September you'll be able to pick up the base model for $150, while another $50 will secure an upgraded handset, along with the company's dongle that features USB, Ethernet, and HDMI ports. And as usual, Pine will be donating $10 from every sale back upstream, in this case to the Manjaro project. And that wraps things up for now. There's more about today's stories in the show notes, And you can visit our website at tabsnotspaces.com to contact or support the podcast. We'll be back on Saturday.